0: Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent
1: with your host, Miriam Connor.
0: Hi, I'm Miriam Connor, the host of Apparently Speaking. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is going to share her story of alcohol, depression, and motherhood. She's open, honest, and courageous. This is a story many of us would probably want to keep to ourselves, but she's willing to share um, in order to help other moms. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda-Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit shellbell.com for more information. Amy Liz Harrison is a mother of eight who has been sober since 2011. She became a teacher, married an airline executive after knowing him for five months, and transitioned to a stay at home mom. She turned to alcohol to deal with horrific guilt that mothering alone wasn't enough to fill her deep loneliness. Her memoir, Eternally Expecting, a mom of eight gets sober and gives birth to a new life, her own is the story of how one woman went from soul-crushing brokenness to finding herself. So welcome, Amy. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so glad that you're here. And thank you for, you know, we talked a little bit before and I just said, you know, um, when I'm reading your book, I felt like whether, you know, in your case, it was alcohol, but, you know, there are so many people and we're kind of focusing on moms right now, like so many moms that are probably dealing with whether it's alcohol or something else, and it could be to this degree, it could be to a lesser degree, whatever it is, but dealing with something kind of, you know, in secret, um, and to know that, um, you know, there's someone else who has gone through something, whether it's the same thing or just something else, and I think that's very very comforting and very helpful for moms to know, Hey, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You can go through things. You can get on the other side of it. So I do appreciate you being so open and sharing your story that I said, like a lot of people
1: may try to hide. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I totally understand that um, desire to hide. And it's absolutely my pleasure. You're know, reading your book and um, I it's,
0: I loved how you did the little, you know, each chapter goes through, you know, you kind of equate it, you make the analogy with having kids, um, you know, so it's like each chapter, you know, you have the analogy, you know, contractions, um, you know, and then, you know, dilation and all that kind of things when it's, you're talking about your life, you know, and everything that you're going through and equating it to having kids and you should know, um, because you have eight kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about your story. So, you know, kind of jumping a little bit, because I know just for time's sake, and and everyone's going to get your book, and then they can read, you know, more of the background and things. But, you know, you married your husband, I think people are like, wait a second, after five months, did you say? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So let's kind of start there a little bit. You can, you know, talk your however you want to, but you married your husband. And what was the big, you know, rush, so to speak?
1: Well, I don't know if there was a rush per mm. se, except that I really just knew pretty early on that he would be an excellent teammate for me and that we were really good together and he felt the same and we had that chemistry and all that good stuff. And so, boom, it just was like, let's get this done and Do seal it. the duel. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we'll be married 23 years this fall. That's awesome. I, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. He's been through a lot. I've put him through a lot. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm pretty impressed that he stuck around. But um, oh. yeah. But you know what? Um, the the big difference now is that I feel like, okay, at least I'm making up for some lost time and I'm worth sticking around for. I have a sense of self-love that I didn't have before. And so just kind of a ballpark um, aerial view of What happened to me then is that we got married, moved to Seattle, two thousand and one. I had my first baby, and then I had three more. And so I was at home with these four little kids, and just really was just broken inside, trying to figure out, gosh, you know, why is this that I just don't feel fantastic about? staying at home and making jello jigglers. And, you know, part of it was that that is what I desired my entire life up until that point. And so it was almost like this big, I don't want to say a letdown because that sounds super bad, but it was. No, just... I know what you mean. It wasn't
0: about your kids. It they weren't a letdown. It was yeah. that you're like saying, you know, I wanted this my whole life, and now you. I mean, I'm speaking for you, so correct me if I'm wrong, but like now it wasn't like as fulfilling or as satisfying or whatever you know as you thought it would be. So you're like, why?
1: Right. Exactly, and it was sort of um, a period of missed expectations, I would say. And just, you know, the shock of everything and hormones up and down and all of that. And just really at a difficult time, I wasn't teaching um, anymore. So I was out of the classroom. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that connection to the work world anymore. And what happened was I really didn't feel like I had a very solid uh, support system. I had people who were there for me and I had some good friends, but... You know what happened it was uh, we started to form a book club some of the neighbors and I and go and have a glass of wine in the evenings and or... never think about it again till the next month and then it started to pick up a little bit more summertime hit everybody was out in the cul-de-sac just kind of hanging out uh you know drinking the wine would come out the cocktails the pitcher of cocktails And I really felt like at that point I had arrived, man. I felt pretty fancy. I felt pretty glamorous. And those were feelings that I really didn't experience very often when I'd go inside my house and clean up another, you know, bowl of uh, cream of wheat that somebody had just swapped on the floor and left and dirty diapers. And and we all know what a thankless job mothering is and how difficult it can be. And I really enjoyed those afternoons Mm. drinking with the neighbors. I felt connected. I felt alive. I felt like people understood me. And so then slowly what happened was I began to sort of want that feeling at other times as well. And so when my kids were down for a nap, okay, I think a drink sounds pretty good. I might go ahead and have a glass of wine because I'm like a classy lady. You know, I always had these like (laughs) rationalizations, like, you know, I'm just sophisticated and I can handle this. Well, that was true for a short period of time. And then pretty soon it started to reveal itself that perhaps Alcohol was controlling me, and I was no longer in control of my alcohol consumption. It started to progress. So you kind of had
0: those thoughts. Like you you realized yes. maybe this was getting a little out of hand.
1: Yes. Okay. And uh, the reason why is that I really was beginning to think about it a lot. Okay. When I'd go to the grocery store, I'd make sure that I grabbed some extra wine just in case I didn't want to run out. Um, I would plan my day around it so I didn't have to drive after a certain point in time in the late afternoons when we'd be out there in the cul-de-sac. And it really started to become kind of a, a part-time job, which uh, then graduated to a full-time job when I had to start hiding bottles. And the progression and the escalation uh, is, is accompanied by a Very big sense of shame. And um, the shame that I started to feel was really debilitating. And I just did not want to tell anybody what was going on because, in my mind, I rationalized that, well, I started out as a normal drinker. You know, it's not like I was drinking. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: It's not like I was drinking in junior high, you know, behind the. The trees or whatever. I just, I really started out as a normal drinker for all intents and purposes, and I thought, well, I can just get back there. I'm just having a hard time right now, just going through something right now, and you know, I just gave myself a zillion excuses. Well, the truth of the matter was, I knew in my heart something was wrong. I'd really never been attached to anything um, as external like this before and it was pretty scary but I just thought no no it's it's okay I'll get a handle on it I'll be fine. And I told my husband that when he started asking questions and really had this feeling of there is no way that I'm I'm an alcoholic or you know I'm addicted to this because good girls from California in uh you know Silicon Valley I mean just all of these dumb things that I told myself because I really didn't want to admit I had a problem. Reason for that is not only did I have some ego and pride going on, but also I couldn't imagine my life without alcohol at that point. I just couldn't imagine what that would be like to go out in the neighborhood in the future and not drink with the neighbors, to go to an event, a gala with my husband not be able to have a glass of wine. And then of course I was projecting down the road. Oh, well, one day my kids are going to get married and I can't have a glass of champagne. I mean, my head was so wrapped around alcohol by this point wow. that, I mean, I thought it was my treat, you know, I yeah. thought it was my chocolate bar or whatever. It just consumed I, you though at that point, right? Yes, like it just, yes yeah. exactly. And so, um, what ended up happening was I went to a psychiatrist, told him all my problems, didn't tell him one thing about my drinking, but said, Hey, I'm having some serious anxiety. He said, Oh, four kids, um, underage, you know, five, six, I think it was six at the time. Yes, here's some Xanax. And oh, perfect, yes, perfect. <laughs> and so, of course, um, I went home, I I took the Xanax, I was drinking with the Xanax, and that was my ultimate sort of unraveling, if you will. And at that point, I could not really get out of bed or tell what time of day it was. and I had burned through all my good friendships, except for one. And it really became this uh, devastating point in my life. And I mean, this the sense of sadness and hopelessness and futility, it's beyond anything that I can describe to you now. It was just horrific. And my poor husband just basically said, I'm going to have to put you on a plane and and you're going to go ahead and go to a place where you can work on your, quote, depression issues. And I don't say that to be funny. No. I say that because that's what I was hiding behind at that point in time no. was was depression and postpartum Um issues that I'd never brought up. And he just told me, you need to go and, and work on all of this. And and he, it was treatment, um, which he knew, and I didn't. And so I showed up and I was angry and just really unwilling, unwilling to listen, unwilling to think that possibly I had a problem as bad as everybody else in the treatment center. You know I mean? They right. had legal issues, right. And they had lost their homes, lost okay. their jobs. So You're like, I'm doing, I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Did your so, husband so, uh, know
0: at that point about the, all the alcohol? Like he just thought it was more depression and.
1: No, he, he knew how bad it was. Oh, I mean, right. I couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah. I was beyond hiding it. And, um, So he knew. And then when I went down to treatment, you know, found all my hidden supplies. and Yeah. And so um, I just kind of listened to what everybody said at treatment, decided that I didn't fit into that category. And then I parroted back what everybody was saying so that they would let me go when my 28 days was completed. And so I just couldn't wait to get out of there. I just really... I just, oh, I was craving alcohol so much. And so, boom, immediately I started drinking again. It, and it was interesting. The first few days, I'd say the first couple, you know, couple to three, four days, I was kind of able to, quote, handle it, unquote, which is, it was just a, a farce. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Boom. By like the fifth day, I had picked up right where I had left off when I quit. I was drinking all day long again. Um, I was not able to function again. It just came back so quickly. And it was surprising and shocking to me. And I thought, how did this happen? I now have all this you know, self-knowledge and I heard all this stuff at treatment. And then boom, here I was again doing the same thing. And so really my rock bottom was when I got the DUI with four of my kids in the car that night, um, in jail was when I thought, you know what, I, I'm terrified that I'm going to fail at getting sober and I don't want to get sober, but I know that I need to try. And that's really when I had that admittance moment where I just said, okay, I'm definitely powerless. I can't control this. And I'm going to have to give this a whirl and really, what's it going to cost me? If I try and fail, at least I'm trying. And so I um, <clears throat> went back to treatment. And at that point, I had some open-mindedness and some willingness and decided that I was at the end of my rope. Okay. And yeah, and that's when things started to change was when I completely and totally surrendered huh. and said, I'm willing to admit I'm an alcoholic and I don't want to quit, which is another sign that I know that I have this disease. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, from that point, they said, "Okay, we we can work with you now." And it's it so- took that point, kind of that lower, lowest
0: point, to get there. Correct. Yes. And, then you're like, and- Wait, how old were your kids there? Like, were they were they old enough? Any of them old enough at that point to like go, you know, like
1: realize what's going on? you know they they were they had definitely seen um some of my poor behavior and like basically my inability to function they had seen and uh so they had sensed that something was off for quite a long time until the very end when you know my mom had to move in with us and all of this because i couldn't care for them right and so, you know, as as we like to do as moms, you know, we want to have this polished-ish kind of um, look to our kids in terms of, well, I know what to do in this situation. Don't worry. I've got it together or whatever, what have you. And and I definitely just wanted to, when I very first got out of my second rehab stint, I very much wanted to just hit the pause button, get better, and then resume normal life as a put-together mom. And so I could just bust back into their lives and be like, hey, I'm all better. And that just was not the case. They watched me recover out loud. And that was actually probably the biggest gift of the entire thing. Um, Because now, (laughs) I mean, fast forward right to a decade plus later, they see that life is about falling down and getting back up and what that process looks like and how to make those tough choices that kind of add to your life in a positive way and not a negative way. And so they watched me struggle. You know, there were um, a few times I can think of that were just really difficult when I was still really craving alcohol early on. And they watched me just be fidgety and and tell them, you know, hey, I'm not comfortable in my own skin right now. I'm going to put on a show for you guys, and I'm going to go out back while you guys watch TV for a little bit. And I'm just, you know, I've got to do some breathing and some um, talking on the phone and calling people up and asking for help. And so they saw those patterns being set, and. It also very much normalized discussions about sobriety, alcohol use, drug use. And so it's not a taboo topic in our house at all, which is a seriously major um, line of communication, a channel that has just been opened and stayed open. And it's been fantastic. It's really bonded us together and solidified our relationships. And so, you know, and shoot, like, here's the thing. I just don't want to paint any picture that my life is perfect now. Like, woo. I'm yeah, thrilled. right. Um, that's over with. And it's all awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's all behind me and everything's yeah, no, Yeah, no, like life is relentless, right? It just keeps coming at us. And so <clears throat> now the big difference is having tools that actually work much better than alcohol worked for me. And so, you know, for starters, that is, okay, I actually think I am worth staying sober for. So that sense of brokenness is gone. And really that sense of acute pain. And that's, that's not something that thankfully I experience anymore. And so, now it's a matter of like the constant reframing the you know the okay wait a minute so okay i dropped the ball and i didn't bring the preschool snack on my day okay is this a crisis yeah, is it the okay the world? <laughs> right and so just just learning to use those tools that <clears throat> come to find out lots of people sort of do organically but i was not yeah. in that camp <laughs> it took me a while to learn all those things and so um And so now, you know, what it is for me to still is this just reminder that what is going to continue to help me is to accept that I need help. That's the biggest thing, to accept that if I'm a secret about it and, and I'm not telling anybody what's going on in my life, or if I'm attaching myself to false narratives about what my husband's thinking about me or what this person or whatever, just all of that stuff that keeps me swirling in this kind of headspace just to, you know, start to practice things that get rid of all that noise and, you know, meditation and yoga, whatever it is, and be open to all those channels so that I can have a different experience than I had when I was drinking, you know, I came originally, um, to a 12 step fellowship and, and I believe there are lots of ways to get sober. So I don't want to say, you know, there's one way, one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, that's what worked. And the big deal for me is this constant sense of, I love the results I'm getting. So I came for my drinking, but I stay for my thinking because my thinking will start to get a little crazy. I'll still get some resentments that are starting to like form small buds in the garden. And so, um, you know, I just stay so I can talk those things through, um, and whether that's through therapy, whether that's through journaling, whether that's through a combination of whatever things, um, That has just been the biggest powerhouse for me is to be honest about what's going on and get current about what's going on in my life and learn how to live life on life's terms. And so today, that's pretty much what I try and practice. My kids see me practice that. I come to them a lot and make an amends for, ah, you know, well, I was just thinking about you moving into the dorm. I'm sorry, I got all mad. And really what that was, my, my dear son who just graduated was me coming from a place of fear that you're not going to be around next year. And I'm not going to see you as much. And I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> and so to be able to have those conversations, that's just gold to me. And I'm so thankful.
0: I receive the most compliments on my outfits when I'm wearing something from Shell Bell Boutique shop Shell Bell, and you're supporting a locally and female owned business. Shellbell opened in September of 2020, and they carry many popular brands such as Fate, Vintage Havana, Vegan Warehouse, Can Can, Mono B, Nikki Biki, and Aloha. The boutique also includes SB Girl, fashions and accessories for girls sizes six to 14. Shellbell is located at 334 East Garfield Road in Aurora, Ohio. If you're not local, you can shop shellbell.com. That's S-C-H-E-L-L, B-E-L-L.com. New styles are arriving daily and you can check out Shell Bell on Facebook and Instagram and contact the boutique to book your private after hours sip and shop. That's shellbell.com, 330-954-8400. Do you feel like, I have a couple questions and then I don't want to cut you off from the rest of you. You know, I, mean, I had a couple of questions as you're going. Did you struggle with like, Do you feel like you struggled with perfection? You know, trying to be perfect before before you got really heavily into, you know, the alcohol. Do you feel like you struggled with that?
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay. Definitely. Mm -hmm. That. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no, that's okay. Yeah, I just, I just was curious. You know, if it was kind of like that played a part in it. You know, like I have to be a perfect mom, or you know, you mentioned, you know, forgetting the snacks isn't a crisis, but maybe to you before it was. You know, because it was like I made a mistake.
1: Right. And, you know, it's we're we've come such a, a far way in some of the um, uh, stigmas of like the June Cleaver, whatever yes. is, kind of thing. But, <laughs> but, uh, it's it's so hard. There is all of this, you know, unspoken stuff going on under the waters that is just really tough for moms to navigate. And then on top of that, not having, um, not having some words of affirmation where people just go, Hey, you know what? You're doing a fantastic job. Like not only did you make these humans, you've kept them alive for years. I mean, that's amazing. And, um, yeah, so I, I really struggled with that. It wasn't turning out the way I thought it was going to turn out, you know, and, and just letting go of some of those, um, thoughts and plans and, Just letting the entire parenting journey unfold, I really didn't know that was an option. I thought I was failing if it wasn't going according to what I thought it should be. Instead of let me raise these kids to see have them show me who they are. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't dawn on me. Yeah. And that goes along
0: with I was gonna say, you know, how how do you felt like you changed as a mother the most, you know, after getting sober? And I think from listening to you, I feel like your communication, you would might say, you know, cause it sounds like yeah. now, you know, you're just so open with your kids and you guys probably, it seems like you have constant communication about things. Nothing is off limits. And, you know, your kids yes. probably see, well, not probably, they do see that it's okay not to be perfect right? and, you know, make mistakes and things like that. Do you feel like you are more like, how are you different as a mom now? other than you're sober, obviously. Right.
1: Well, I think that, um, so many things have changed. If I were to name the biggest one, it would be that I completely show my flaws. Mm-hmm. I just, I've lost all pretenses almost yeah. to a fault where Hello. my kids will be like, <laughs> They'll be like Hey mom, um, this is an overshare. So <laughs> we kind of don't want to know about this. And I'll be like, yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. That is that's super hilarious. crunchy. <laughs> and then the other part of that is, is um, the ability to let things go and not be the only voice that pours into my kids and feel like, oh no, well, don't listen to this person. Cause that's, you know, not true. And do, do, do like, to just let their lives be their lives and of course I'm talking about the older ones now yes. um, to stay in my own lane and really in my own hula hoop and function more now as a guide rather than a parent yes. and yes. so um, to let them have their own experience and not have me digging you know my nails in trying to like arrange it the way I right. want it to be arranged because my ultimate goal right is that they leave um, the house and become functioning adults at some yeah. point. They're not sitting in my basement eating pizza at age 45. <laughs> and that's kind of my goal. So, you know, I have to live as if that is my goal and and let my emotions, you know, catch up and be mine. Let my emotions be mine to deal with because I, I'm in charge of those. I own those. But um, to put pressure on them to do what I want, Gosh, there's no other way that they will run faster and further away from me. So yeah. (laughs) Well, I was saying, you
0: know, your kids must feel free in the sense that they don't they don't need to try to be perfect and you aren't trying to helicopter them. You know what I mean? Like they they must have that freeing feeling where they, they you're still their mom, obviously, and you're you're the mom, but like they can they don't have to, like I said, worry that you are trying to micromanage every little thing and they aren't going to disappoint you, things like that. So that, that, you know, they must feel good. And that gives them confidence um, as they're growing.
1: I hope so. It's kind of like, you know, when you take your little ones to swimming lessons and the instructor standing there and swoops in just at the last second before your kid really (laughs) starts struggling, like drowning, struggling, that's that's what I try and do with my older ones. And man, it's hard sometimes, you know, <laughs> you see no, them not to sense. get in before that. <laughs> yes, yeah. right, 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 right.
0: Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Were your kids, were any of your kids, I know they're all different ages, were they, any of them embarrassed like by you writing this book?
1: That's such a great question. Well, thank you. (laughs) And we, uh, well, the answer is, I don't think so. If they were, they didn't tell me. So there's, we had a big discussion Um, And I asked their permission individually, and we talked a lot about it as a group. And I told them super specifically what I was going to share or what I was planning on sharing. And how did they feel about it? And if they wanted to come talk to me later by themselves, they could. And and everybody was super supportive. I couldn't believe Uh, it. All of them were just like, no, mom, we're super proud of you. uh, We know your story can help somebody else. You need to tell it that's so and great.
0: Yeah. And, and the fact that you talked to them,
1: you know, like, you know, each of them yeah.
0: individually and you gave them the opportunity to come back. If you think about it, you know, think about it later, come back yeah. and we could talk about it. I mean, I think that that was huge rather than just, you know, I'm doing this or, Hey, right. you know, that kind of thing. Um, because it, it is about them also, you know, I mean, it's about right. you, but it's, it is about them too. So I think, and no, they must not be at all, or they would have said it. And I think it's awesome that they, said, you know, that they're proud of you and that you can help someone else. So that, that shows like you, you know, even with everything you went through, you raised great kids. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. It's so been, you know, was-
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, how about your husband
1: in all this? He seems mm-hmm. like kind of like just like a rock, right? He really is. Um, yeah, I can't thank him enough for his support. And he's so funny. He's one of those Guys, who's like, honey, I love you so much, but you need to go to a meeting, or yeah. you know, I'm like yeah. a complaining and
0: complaining, and
1: he just he knows what fills my cup, and he wants to help me with that in whatever way that makes itself known, and so yeah. you know, we we we're not perfect. We've gone through all of our stuff. Sure. We've done counseling, the whole stuff, and you know what? It's actually just it's bonded us together, which it's amazing. I mean, I can sit here and say that and it sounds surreal coming out of my mouth, knowing where we've been. So it's pretty miraculous. I think the universe or God or whoever, um, has really, uh, really just solidified us to each other. And it's been pretty incredible. I feel extremely grateful
0: And, you know, your kids, what an example of unconditional love they were able to witness. Yes.
1: That is so true. Yes. that's
0: that's really powerful and that's going to be powerful, you know, in their lives and unconditional love, you know, you guys showed for them, but that they could see, you know, with each other and with your husband, just, you know what, this is my wife, you know, she's going through this. I made the commitment. I still love her. I can say you need to go to a meeting, but you know, I'm still here. So I think that, that had to be, whether they realize it or not now, that's, that's going to be really powerful for them. A couple of things, you know, you mentioned that just struck a chord with me. You said, I'm was, I realized that I'm worth sticking around for, and I realize I'm worth staying sober for. And that made me really happy to hear you say that because mm-hmm. yeah, you are, you know, and I don't know you, you know, but, but you are for sure. Um, So mm-hmm. that made me happy that you feel that now, you know, that now, and I think that's mm-hmm. huge. And that, that kind of confidence and, you know, the, the self value and self worth, that's going to mm-hmm. play off to your kids. You know, they're going to get that from you and feel mm-hmm. that hopefully not having to go through
1: something, you know what I mean? To, to mm-hmm. know that, that they're yeah. valued. Yes. Well, thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. That you're great. welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah. So it was, I mean, it's so great to talk to you. Um, like I said I, I knew it was gonna go quickly <laughs> and it did um yeah. and your story you know I want you know everyone can get the book and we'll talk about that in a second and and obviously it digs deeper um you know you have a lot more details and a lot of um personal you know the, the stories and and it's also it's also humorous you you were able to write it um you know telling about this you know very serious thing but you wrote it with also some humor, um, which I always appreciate. So (laughs) it's a really, a really great story. And just to see, you know, like, like your kids are right. You're helping other women because whether it's, you know, it doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be anything that someone's dealing with, you know, at any level, but to know that, you know, you, you can get through it. You you are worth it, and your kids need to see that. You know, I think that it's very powerful. Um, and so I do appreciate and applaud you because, like I said, a lot of people would, oh, I don't want anyone to know about this. You know, <laughs> for sure, right. I would never want anyone to know. So it takes, you know, a special person to to share that. So I really appreciate Thanks. it. I really appreciate you being here. Can you tell uh, the listeners where to maybe connect with you, find your book, and all that good stuff?
1: Yes, Um, my website is amylizharrison.com and I'm at amylizharrison on Instagram and basically all those platforms and it's on Amazon and um, we have all the versions. So the Kindle, the audio and the paperback. And Miriam, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being on here today and really enjoyed meeting you. I'm so glad. Um, I feel the same. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit shellbell.com for more information. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.